Welcome to I'm In, the Institute of Hospitality's official podcast sponsored by Caterer.com and hosted by me, Phil Street, FIH. Today we're talking about instinct versus strategy and joining me to explore this intriguing subject we have Luca Rapetti, AIH, Debbie Pugh, MIH and Peter Walker, FIH. As always, a huge thank you to all three of them for giving up their time and opinion. So to find out what wins out of instinct and strategy, let's get stuck in. Hello and welcome to the next episode of I'm In, the Institute of Hospitality's official podcast, hosted by me, Phil Street, FIH. And once again, I'm joined by three exceptional humans from within the IOH membership, who are all very kindly giving up their time to chat to me today. So, first up, from within the fellowship, we have Peter Walker, the MD of Mary Coulter House in Aberdeenshire. Welcome, Peter. Welcome. Thank you for having me. You're very, very welcome. And I think you've been entertaining the chief executive of the Institute of Hospitality this week. Yeah, we've been very fortunate that uh, that Robert and Sam made the trip made the trip north and uh, and came and met with the representatives from the Scotland committee. So um yeah, we had a really good 24 hours, really positive, really exciting and yeah, genuinely even more enthused and invigorated about the IOH than we than we were this time last week, so it's great. Fantastic. That's great. Uh, how is life in in Bonnie Scotland? Um, well, the sun's shining, so that's a that's a positive start for a Friday. Absolutely, things are very good. Things are very positive. Scotland is a is being seen as a safe place to travel to. Um, lots of wide open spaces and things. Although the 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 COVID guidelines for us changed a lot later than 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 perhaps south of the border, but but all in all, everything's really positive and it's good. Fantastic. Uh, j- just tell us a little bit about the the hotel, Peter. Yeah, so our, our strap line here at the hotel is hospitality since twelve twenty five. So, so that gives an indication of the of the history and the in the story that we've got here. The Knights Templars built Mary Cooter House um, in twelve twenty five, the thirteenth century. So we've got a very long, very detailed, and somewhat complex history at times. And um, we were the second most prominent site in Scotland for the Knights Templars, which were. We're starting to evolve and, and to, to try and tell that story. Of note, we're trying to tell our, our tell our historical story through our food and drink and our service offering, which is which is really fun. If you fast forward five hundred years from the Knights Templars, the Menzies family came to power in the seventeen hundreds, and and really interesting that um, William Menzies, the Laird, who was the clan chief, at the, I guess at that time, was um, an open Jacobite and supported the fifteen and forty five Jacobite uprisings. His sons fought at Culloden. So between the Templars and the and, and and the Menzies family, you know, we've got tangible links to things like uh, the Da Vinci Code and Outlander, which were, were really we are now starting to tell that historical story. Right. And then fast forward another two hundred and fifty years or so, one of the couples that survived the sinking of the Titanic, Sir Cosmo Duff Gordon and his wife, um, survived the sinking of the Titanic and bought Mary Cooter House as a home in nineteen thirteen. God. I don't, I don't think I've ever heard of anywhere that has so much history. And that's just the, that's just the three main topics, you know. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. We've got the Great Hall here. It's been refurbished. It, it dates from the 13th century. We've got an underground cellar that we've got planning permission to, to convert into a private dining room. We've got very supportive owners that have bought into this vision. And, and we're, just, we're just all really excited to, to make this happen and make it special. Brilliant. Yeah, oh, that's uh, uh, amazing, and um, yeah, I'm sure we've <clears throat> excuse me, we've only just scratched the surface of yeah. uh, of what the the property has to own, and I'd, and a good test for you, I think you've passed as well. Thank so, you. Yeah, <laughs> but thank you're very very welcome. Thank you for joining us today. So uh, next up from within the MIH ranks, we have Debbie Pugh, founder of Sunbeam Consultants. I'm going to let you explain what you do, Debbie. Okay, thanks. Unfortunately, I don't have a lovely history lesson um, (laughs) like the one we've just heard. Um, My business is all about coaching people 
And um, I set my business up about 18 months ago with a focus on helping individuals, especially with confidence. I uh, had this idea that I was going to work mainly with women. I've ended up mainly coaching men, men of a certain age, and uh, have, have helped them. And I also specialize in change in businesses. So I'm really, really passionate about change in businesses being managed well mainly because I've experienced it not happening as well as it could have done in the past. And often businesses invest lots and lots of their hard earned cash in various projects and forget to include the people in their plans yeah, and yeah, how people yeah. are going to feel about the changes that they're introducing. And if people don't adopt the plans you have with, with all of their hearts and you know fully engaged, often projects fail and it's just a waste of money and, and can create bad feeling in businesses. So I'm, I'm really keen to help business drive change successfully. So, so that's what I do based in Cambridge. Fantastic. Well, you're just up the road from me. I'm in Stansted. So, oh, are you? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there we are. Well, we'll have to meet up for a coffee. We then, will, right? definitely. Yeah. <laughs> well, but uh, thank you very much for, for agreeing to do this. I, I think as well from within the world of coaching, I, I, there's probably an awful lot around today's topic, which I'm sure we'll get into uh, at some point across the, the conversation. But uh, yes, thank you very much for joining us. You're welcome. And finally, and from within our associate members, we have Luca Rapetti, who is the bar manager at the iconic Shangri-La at the Shard. Welcome, Luca. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me. It's a, it's a real pleasure. Thank you. My, my pleasure. How are you? Anyway, how are you doing? Uh, I'm very, very well. Uh, thank you. Very busy, which is a positive uh, news. And, I mean, this is for us is the uh, the first year of hopefully full business. It's quite um, also particular for me because I joined Shangri-La in uh, February 2020. And who knows? Good timing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, uh, who knows like at that, at that time what could have happened like, uh, you know, globally. And um I was lucky enough to, you know, to join the company and also to continue my journey with Shangri-La throughout uh, the challenging times of uh, three lockdown. So three times uh, shutting an hotel and reopening it. So uh, it's been probably one of the most challenging time of my life, but I believe for everyone who is in the hospitality industry has been probably the most challenging time uh, in the life. Um, but definitely a time that uh, taught me many things uh, from the work point of view but also for the private life point of view and yeah still here now today with uh, with a big team uh, of talented and passionate people and uh, yeah in the in the bar that we like to call like above the clouds because we are the highest cocktail bar in Europe Brilliant. and of course yeah the, the shard is such an iconic building uh, they still today after more than two years I'm still trying to to know and to understand how it works because it's, it's like a real like machine with all like the engines inside and it's 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 incredible it's incredible for sure and i, th I think uh, logistically it must be a very interesting challenge working in spaces that are so high up you know and you've got limited space and all of these sorts of things i can imagine it's um it's it's a whole new skill set yes it is um as, as you said it's uh, from the logistic point of view it's um especially in the beginning uh, it's very complicated to understand uh, you know, how to move around the hotel. Um, just to give you an idea, Gong Bar is uh, located at the 52nd floor and our offices for the FMB division, but in general, like all the offices are located at minus one. So every time, right. <laughs> every time I need to just go upstairs, as I said, let me just go quickly upstairs. Go <laughs> something, uh, I just need to go literally 53 floor uh, up. Of course, like with the modern uh, technologies and with the lift that we have, it takes me no more than probably five, uh, seven minutes unless there are some disruptions. Yeah, it's quite it's quite funny when I say to people, yeah, let's just let me go up a 53 floor, <laughs> just up there for, uh, for a quick check. Yeah, well, I mean, you wouldn't need a gym membership if you chose to walk. <laughs> yeah, well, th this is the things. In case of, of course, of evacuation, uh, where there is a fire alarm or a general evacuation, of course, the lift uh, um, they just literally go off uh, as per procedure. Mm. So we need to just to evacuate the building by staircase. Right. Yeah. Goodness. Yeah. I, well, let's hope you never have to do that. I'm sure you must have a drill at some point yes. to, to do. But, but anyway. 
Well, you're well. You're very, very welcome. And uh, again, thank you for for giving up your time and your your busy schedule today. So back to you, Peter. Why did you say I'm in to the Institute of Hospitality? I felt it was the initially. I felt it was the right thing to do, and I I really wanted to be part of something where I could broaden my network and and, and help develop and continually develop myself. But more importantly, to have the opportunity to um, to have that network with others where it could help develop team members and, and, and help develop people round about me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was the logical thing to do. I was fortunate enough that, you know, to be made even more aware of of the IOH through um, through becoming a master inholder. And it, it just all felt really natural. I was also very conscious that IOH didn't have a particularly large presence in Scotland. And at that time, there was a, a desire to rebuild and reinvigorate the, the committee in Scotland. And, you know, I've seen that as an opportunity to have a, a positive influence on something while developing myself and have an opportunity to develop the team round about me. Brilliant. And, uh, and same question to you, Debbie. Well, it's interesting having Luca on, actually, because one of the reasons that I joined was after attending an event in the Shard at the Shangri-La. Um, I was invited to go along. It was a networking event. And what I was really struck by was the passion and dedication that everyone in the room seemed to have about this sector, considering the really difficult times that the sector had been through. There was so much energy, so much wisdom. And um, I just connected with Robert and just asked him if there was any way that I could support members through coaching or through change, helping people evolve their businesses. And, you know, we just struck up a conversation and I became a member after, you know, talking to Robert. So, So that's why I'm here, really. Yeah, and I, well, I think that the comment you make about the the energy in the room, as it were, I mean, you go into most networking events within hospitality, and there's a massive passion for this industry. And I think the the last couple of years have definitely highlighted to probably everybody out there just how important hospitality is to them, not just for the people working it, but the people who consume it and the like. And I think that's that particular event. I think we were all ready to let our hair down. Definitely. I think it was one of the first things that I went to, you know, after lockdown. And it was just wonderful to be around people and, and to be in such a, an amazing environment as well was a real privilege. I loved it. I think you touched Brilliant. on something there, Phil, as well. I think you, 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 you were bang on the money. I think the, the population of the country have now realised the value of the hospitality industry because it was the one big thing that was taken away from everyone during the lockdowns. And it's yeah. a big thing that everybody's missed you know whether it's going to see Luca for a fantastic bespoke cocktail or it's here to be immersed in history and sit looking onto the river and you know drink local ales and things I think it's the one thing that the world has now realized the value of and it's one of the big positives I think we should take out of the the pandemic and the lockdowns is that people maybe now see as a bit more as a, as, as valuable to the country yeah for sure I, I, you don't know what it's what you've got till it's gone right that's uh, the the age-old adage but yeah, Luca, why did you say I'm in to the Institute of Hospitality? Well, I joined Institute of Hospitality, first of all, during the first lockdown uh, where I was home, simply because, you know, I felt like, uh, of course, it was a, a very difficult and challenging moment, um, not just from the world point of view, but for, for our, for, I mean, for my life, I think, uh, for, like the same for pretty much everyone. And yeah. um, I decided to join Institute of Hospitality because I felt that I, I feel even more connected with the, with the industry, with the hospitality, with the colleagues, uh, and of course, colleagues and friends. And um, uh, I felt it was the right moment. And of course, today, I decide to, to join because I just I feel even more now connected with the, with the people, with the, with the hospitality, especially now that we are all coming back. Uh, uh, and then I, I agree for what Peter said um, there is now much more awareness of the importance of the hospitality uh, all around the country, where there is a small uh, local bar, pub, a small restaurant, a coffee shop, whatever. I mean, hospitality is everywhere. And uh, yeah, the people now realize how important it is for their life. And um, 
and yeah, I uh, I, I just want to uh, uh, take this opportunity because I want to hear from uh, uh, other people like uh, they thought and the feedback and also the ideas. I think every opportunity is uh, is it's uh, it's important and it just uh, can be just positive for uh, for for myself and also for everyone for growing and just learn from from the past. Yeah, for for sure, and that that sense of to, togetherness, I totally get. And you know, especially in times of adversity, to know that you can kind of you know turn to someone or a a big body of membership like the IOH. And this is the one thing I always <clears throat> have loved about hospitality is is that you if you ask somebody for their time, they generally give it. Yeah, I if I can just add also another uh, things uh, I believe. Also, this will be an important uh, chapter for the hospitality in general because I think uh, we will have more opportunity to probably build uh, and the reputation of hospitality as a proper career uh, where the people can find like professionals, uh, professionalism, not just simply, I, I speak about especially the bar industry, not just like a, a temporary job solutions, because this mm. probably will happen in the past. I think now is with the, with this like, you know, uh, association and especially hospitality, but also I'm a, a member of the board of the United Kingdom Bartenders Guild, which is the oldest guild in the world for the Bartender Association at the moment. Right. Um, so it's an opportunity to, yeah, to build uh, and to strengthen the reputation and to let the people like understand how important, but also how amazing is the journey for hospitality as a career. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think the IOH can play a massive part in, in that and is playing a massive part uh, in that as well. And I think um, a United Industry all moving in the same direction to improve the overall reputation, I think, is exactly where we need to be. Something that Luca mentioned there, Phil, if I, if I may just add something, something that I felt Absolutely. that IOH did really well during the lockdowns. You know, we were all in uncharted territory. We're all being used to be surrounded by hundreds of people a week and all of a sudden you're very isolated and sitting running empty hotels and things. The 10.30 coffee and conversation chat that happened on a Thursday morning during the lockdowns was one of the highlights of my week because you were able to speak openly and frankly in a, in a forum of people that understood what was going on, where, you know, whereas people at home maybe didn't understand what was going on the same with the industry and whatnot. And yeah. I, just, I just found that really quite refreshing and, and, and a real positive that the IOH pulled out the hat over the past two years. Yeah, absolutely, no doubt. And I think that, that again, it was that sense of, like, you're not alone. We're all experiencing yeah. trouble through this period. And, you know, that, that comes in many, many forms. Uh, but to know that you can, kind of can turn to people who don't necessarily have the answers, but understand your your anguish is a, is massively powerful. Excellent. Right. Well, let's get to it then. I mean, that, I, I have to say we've kind of gotten to it already. So loads of great points in there already. Today's opening statement is, I mean, it's not really opening. We're 18 minutes into the conversation. But anyway, who would be your tour guide, gut instinct or strategy? And this is something that came up in conversation. I've had so many conversations over the last two years with people around their careers. And a lot of the time, the idea came into my head, it was centered around the fact that there's only a handful of people that I've come into contact with know what they want to do very early on in their life. The The vast majority have to kind of develop and, and take instinctive actions against opportunities that, that come their way. So that's where the idea came from. So I'm just going to ask each of you in turn, if you kind of side with one or the other, are you naturally instinctive? or strategic and Debbie do you sit on either side or do you see value in both I absolutely see value in both as a coach I'm obviously going to be very focused on on goals and helping people plan to get to their goals but on a personal level I'd say once upon a time I would have probably been as you said quite in instinctive around career I think I think there's validity in both of those things I think with strategy, you having a plan, having a roadmap of where you actually want to get to can be incredibly helpful. But you you have to still listen to your instinct and your gut. 
And that, and that can be a challenge because often we just take um, sort of received wisdom on, on how things ought to be instead of listening to what we truly want. Uh, and, and it can take time to uncover what we truly want. So I'm, I'm very much on the fence here. I, I, I believe in having a plan, but I think your, your heart and soul has to be in that plan as well for it to work effectively. Spoke, yeah, spoken I, like a true coach there. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the sit on the fence answer, and we have to draw our own conclusions. That's uh, the, the a good coach brings out the answers from the other person, don't he? Yes. Peter, what are your thoughts on on this? I mean, I was very lucky from a very young age. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. You know, from the age of kind of fourteen, fifteen, I wanted to be in hotels. So, ah, you're can, one of the chosen few. Yeah, and I can relate to that even more just now because. You know, my son's going through the process of leaving school and things. And he's not quite sure what he wants to do. So, you know, I, I look back and see that I was very privileged that I was born to, to to do this. In terms of instinct or strategy, I think it's I think it's always important to have a plan. Whether that's you know a full on business plan, how you're going to run today's events, what's happening next week. I think whether that's written down or or you've got a plan in your head. I think as long as long as you've always got a plan, then I think that's fine but for me it's 100% instinct right 100%. and that's interesting because you're in a position of strategy really I suppose your your role requires you to be strategic yep. around your business yep. and those around you um, so I, that, that really intrigues me that, um, right. that, that you still make, side yeah I would even make marketing decisions even you know based on does this sit comfortably with me Am I and and I always question myself. Am I doing the right thing? Yeah. Is this, is this professionally justifiable? Even when it comes to recruitment, marketing decisions. You know what are we going to do at Christmas time? I, I just got instinct. I just and 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 it's how you sense it. Sometimes when you're when you're in on the floor and you're in and around your properties and you're close to your team and things. You know sometimes I will just get this awkward feeling in my tummy if I'm sitting in the office and something just doesn't feel right and I'll just spend the whole day on the floor and you end up firefighting and picking out little problems that could have been a big problem and thing and you know when you're driving home at night you just think that gut instinct that I had at half past eight nine o'clock this morning that forced me to stay on the floor all day that was the right thing to do because I've picked up on ABCDFG we've solved it that's fine the, the team have learned we've evolved and tomorrow's a new day yeah uh, I'm a hundred percent on gut instinct. Yeah, and do you think that that comes from experience? Do you think you get better at? Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. The more experience you've got, yeah. I, I have. Um, I have been very fortunate in my career to have worked, albeit I've worked in and around Aberdeen all my life, and I'm proud of that. I'm from the area. I've had a good career, but I've I've been very fortunate to have worked with and been led by some really good people from a very young age, and I think that 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 has helped me get to where I am now. And it's just yeah. experience and, and being the one that's had to deal with the problems or the challenges and, and solve them. And I think, you know, now you can you can foresee those challenges and problems and try and fend them off before they arise. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's all testament to the people that led me through the early part of my career. Well, I mean, that's it plays a massive part. The external forces that determine how you develop, right? I mean, and, and the, the values that you take on and all of these sorts of things that, you know, you take value in the, the good and the bad in, yeah. in that. Uh, the bad teach you as much as the good people do um, as well, just in a different way. 100%. Luca, do you side on, on either more naturally instinct or, or strategy? I think uh, I'm naturally more uh, for the instinct, but I believe that it's a very good combination that um, I, I wouldn't say it's like 50-50, but depending on the situation and also in the moment of my career and my life, uh, I probably found the one, uh, uh, you know, more relevant than the other, but still keeping both. For example, I think uh, in the last uh, yeah couple of years, I found probably myself uh, very strategic because, of course, uh, my approach uh, was 
to plan in advance like a very uh, precise uh, strategy, especially when it was about the reopening uh, uh, of the business. But at the same time, uh, and I think also this comes from my background as a bartender, that sometimes when you have the instinct, when you create a recipe or for a, a successful cocktails, uh, it's sometimes it's just an instinct or like an idea that it comes in uh, the most unusual moment of the day. And the same happens sometimes at work, even when I'm in the office. Uh, I'm just like thinking of something completely different and I got the instinct or the idea. Maybe I should do this instead of like what I was originally planning. And this is, I think, uh, comes from uh, the confidence that we build uh, throughout our life and the career with all the different experience, the different backgrounds. So I believe the strategy is something that helped me to also be more confident uh, when I need to follow my instinct. Uh, and of course, there are moments in my life when simply just the instinct uh, maybe comes in the right moment. And uh, I, I mean, looking at my past uh, experiences, I can see that there were moments where probably I wouldn't have taken the decision, but I got something in my gut to say, no, you need to do that. And yeah. I think probably I did the right things. Yeah, I I think that's um, it's pretty clear that the experience element helps you trust the instinct that you have more, and whatever that instinct is, whether it's about uh, a person, about business, about your just general ideas. But yeah, I think that's that's pretty clear from from all three of you, and I think that probably the last couple of years, it's interesting that you said that that made you maybe perhaps a little bit more strategic towards you know, things like reopenings and, and things like that. But actually, if the last two years have taught us anything is, is that actually if you rely too heavily on a strategy or plan, things come along that just throw that completely out. Yeah. You've got to re- you've got to be able to react. That was the only reason that we saved our Christmas last year was, you know, the guidance from the Scottish government changed two weeks before Christmas and New Year. Yeah. We, thanks, we, thanks for that. Yeah, we, react, we reacted within 24 hours. And we still managed to to deliver a safe, relatively profitable New Year experience for people, but we had to deviate from the plan very, very quickly. Yeah, and I suppose that that's it's a very instinctive reaction. You're, there must be all manner of things going around your head at the time that say, right, this is the the I suppose the protocol that we have to work around. Yeah, my instinct tells me this is what we've got to do. Yeah, the strategy wouldn't tell you what to do, would it? No, it wouldn't. But what would I want as a consumer? If I was a guest, how would I want to be made to feel? I'd want to feel safe. I'd want to, you know, good food, good service, and in, in, in a safe, controlled environment. So almost putting yourself in the guest position helps. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, that's well, that's basic hospitality mentality, isn't it? Being able to to see things through the the eyes of your guest. I think another thing, Phil, about strategy is strategy, if you, if you have a plan, you've written that at a certain moment in time. And as Peter said at the beginning, it's really important to be able to adapt to whatever life throws at you. So, um, you know, I think you always have to be mindful. What, you know, when we wrote that strategy, that, that might have seemed like the right thing for us then. But is it the right thing for us now? You should, you should always be questioning your strategy. That's a that's an excellent point. Yeah, I, we are. If you all look at back on yourselves ten years ago, I can imagine that you all had very different ideas and values and all of these things than you do now. There's probably some underlying values that you've always had, but um, but yeah, that's a really good point. Is that, uh, that things change, so you've got to be ready to change too. Yeah, excellent. Um, when I was doing my my research for this, I uh, I came across an argument that said that that humans do not have any overriding instincts. And that's in relation to the the animal life, basically, whereby you know they have these innate instincts that, that are all based around survival. I'm pretty sure that we have instincts around survival ourselves. But what are your thoughts on this this concept that um, that humans' instincts are merely a series of learned values that determine your gut reaction to something? I mean, my feeling is that humans do have overriding instincts. I, I, I really believe that. I think you're absolutely right. We will tend to focus on instinct around survival. And, you know, we've all had that experience when we've walked into a room and we've sensed an atmosphere. We, you can't say how you know it, 
but but you absolutely do sense it somehow. So so I th- I think it's definitely there. But the thing about learned values is is really relevant because we receive a lot of information, a lot of wisdom from people that we may, you know, we may work with. We've got all of the collective experience over the years. So I, th- I think there's there's definitely a balance around instinct versus experience. My my feeling in the work that I do, a lot of the time people have lost touch with their instincts yeah. because they have been told this is the way it is, this is the way it ought to be, and often haven't explored their own instincts and what they believe. So I I firmly believe it is there uh, that we do have them, but but sometimes it's just layered over by so much stuff that we've accumulated along the way that we can get a little bit disconnected from from our instincts that's that's just my view yeah i agree absolutely and actually um that got me to thinking there as you were talking around from a leadership perspective when you're obviously if you're leading teams at kind of whatever level you're you're at how do you lead people to get them to be i, I suppose to make better instinctive decisions I appreciate that wasn't on the prep sheet. <laughs> that was that was something that just popped into my head. I think it's a very fair. I think it's a very fair comment to to put into the mix. I can only very, I can only speak from a personal point of view that I I say to my young aspiring managers and leaders and things. You know the knowledge and everything and experience I've got can't be classroom taught, but just spend time with me and and if I'm willing to put time and effort into the people around about me and help them evolve and develop then and then they understand the reasoning why you make certain decisions in certain ways then i think it's just it's just a natural way to try and and lead them and 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 to teach them and be standing by their side when there's difficult things that need to be done and if they're if we're under a bit of operational pressure be there and be with them and talk them through it and make sure they know that everything's going to be okay and 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 that just naturally self propels itself and and they start getting into that culture and mindset that they're then able to make those decisions yeah i I suppose a massive part of that is is allowing them to fail um they have to make mistakes i tell them that all the time you have to make mistakes you will not get this right all of the time if you do make a mistake you know try and make sure it's not visible to our guest but if we do we talk it through we learn from it we evolve we draw a line under it and we move on yeah Absolutely. Luca, yeah, from your perspective, how do you go about leading your, your team to allow them to make better instinctive decisions? I, I truly believe that uh, in order to, to do like an instinctive decision, you need to have also, first of all, you need to build your uh, knowledge, your skills, and of course, then your, the confidence with your, with your work on a, on a daily basis. Because this, once you are confident uh, with the, the environment you work, procedure and everything i think you are then able to follow instinctive decision that most likely would be like with a positive outcome of course there are people that have more instinctive uh, they're more instinctive than others and of course this is something that we can't change but uh, i'm always starting from from the knowledge because the knowledge gives you like a guideline and then of course you are able to take like a right uh, or left uh, suddenly uh, adapting yourself and being flexible depending on the situation, uh, especially like on a daily basis uh, when we deal with our uh, with our guests. But this is the way I teach them. And uh, as Peter uh, said, doing mistake is a part of the journey that helps you to uh, to build the confidence and then to be able to follow also your your instinct. Because once you fail with something, then you learn that probably. That decision, it wasn't the right one in that moment, but why? And then you analyze with them why it wasn't right. So they understand, they put it in their kind of like database, and this will help uh, to build this confidence and um, probably the, to find that like a moment to take the right decision, uh, follow the instinct. Yeah, absolutely. And Debbie, I, I forgive me because I... I make assumptions around your organization but are are you leading teams at the moment or have you led teams in the past i've I've led teams in the past i I don't know i I left that all behind um but yeah i i and i'm i'm really i you know i'd love to work for peter and for luca because it's just so lovely to hear 
that they allow people in their teams to learn when things don't go exactly as planned because every time something doesn't go according to plan it's a massive learning opportunity and that's how people get their confidence and then if they gain their confidence then they are going to start to make good instinctive decisions going forward yeah absolutely and i I suppose then i mean you're perhaps not leading teams at the moment but you're leading people to become better versions of themselves yes and and so much of it is around this confidence in in what our gut is telling us and we ignore that at our peril you know in your in your you can feel it in your gut when something is right and something is wrong and if and if it feels wrong for you then it probably is wrong for you so just getting to trust that is is so important and and Luca and Peter are clearly leading their teams to do that which is which is fantastic yeah absolutely i couldn't agree more so what happens when your instinct goes against the strategy that you've put together. You've spent time building this thing that has given you a clear path as to where you're going to go. I'll come back to you, Peter, on this. I'm, I'm pretty sure you must have had experience of this sort of thing where your instinct is is telling you, actually, your, the strategy is not fit for purpose. I think you just, I always feel as long as I have, if I have to make a final decision that isn't where we thought it was going to be, and it maybe isn't the right gut instinct thing, we have to make Sometimes you have to make a commercial decision that is best for the business. And I've always felt as long as I, if I'm making a decision, as long as I can sleep easy at night knowing that I've made the right decision or the best decision, perhaps in a difficult situation, and I can professionally justify it to my superiors and my peers, then I'm okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. Luca, you have any uh, experience of uh, your instinct overriding your strategy? Um, I think, uh, uh, yeah, experience where probably in the past uh, where I choose to go to work for a place uh, whether my probably kind of like initial strategy was uh, was uh, was different, but uh, just because it was a moment of my life where uh, I really wanted to like um, a step in my career, but also experience something different, and uh, it, the opportunity came. And I said, you know what, I will take it. And that actually, uh, then I was happy with the with the, with the decision because it, it really taught me a lot. And um, yeah, I think it w- was the right one. I think that decision came from uh, also the mistake that I've done. Uh, uh, I believe, like everyone uh, in the past, especially when I was uh, in Italy uh, before moving to UK, where of course I was younger, and uh, before meeting what I consider my mentor. I was doing like uh, some decisions that were not right, but then um, follow my instinct. But then with experience uh, and learning from the mistake, uh, when I decide to go for uh, for these things, kind of like almost last minute, just following my instinct, I was I was right. So I don't see anything wrong, honestly, to to go for and follow our instinct because if we do that mistake. It's a part of the journey, and I think um, we we should do mistake even if we follow our instinct. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, you make a really good point around, we've spoken a a lot about business and the instinct strategy element within business. But, you know, actually, from an individual perspective and in the way that you pursue your career, my own experience uh, of this is that I've I've made all of my career decisions based on instinct. And often I, I got that wrong. You know, I sometimes you make a, 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 a margin call and you, you think, yeah, I've I've nailed this. This is exactly where I need to go. And maybe you go where you're you think that you're supposed to be in that moment. And things don't quite pan out the way that you that you anticipated or your instinct told you that they were they were going to, I suppose, fathom out. But then it's it's about that's forming an instinct around, okay, so I made a bad choice here. Why did I make a bad choice? Here are the reasons why this didn't work out. So next time when I make a, a choice, I'm going to come back on my experience again, telling me that just be careful about about how you step forward. But that is all, from my perspective, that was all instinct-led. Uh, and maybe uh, I maybe should have brought more strategy into my career planning. But anyway, that's, that's just me having a little, what do you call them? A little internal rant yeah. <laughs> into the public domain. Any, uh, I mean, you've all built your own careers. Any experience within your own career building whereby 
I mean, you, uh, Peter, you you mentioned that you you knew very early on, so that that must have helped you form a a kind of loose strategy as to where you were going to go with that. Did it mean that you were more strategic in your approach to your career, or did you still utilize that instinct to tell you where you needed to go next? I um I knew very early that I wanted to be in hotels and do hospitality, and as that evolved through college and and I didn't go to university because I didn't. I didn't think I was clever enough to go to university. Right. But, but I suppose that was maybe one of the, the most early strategic decisions that I made because because I thought when I was leaving college, say there was, if I was to go to university, in a year's time, there could have been circa 40, 50 of us all looking for similar jobs in and around Aberdeen. If I left college and didn't go to university, there was only three of us looking for jobs. So right. when, I, when I reflect on that, you know, that was probably my first major strategic decision I made at 18 years old. But And once I got into an environment that I enjoyed and I liked, then I, I've built my career. I've I've always been in and around country house hotels, but I've always, I've always made a little bit of a strategic decision as to what I needed to evolve into next and learn. So I spent a lot of time in, in behind bars and learning service and things. And, but then I knew I needed to go into food service. So I went into very formal fine dining food service. And after a couple of years doing that, I knew I needed to learn conference and banqueting. So at the time, I didn't realize it was strategic decisions, but on reflection and knowing what I know now, then I look back on my career and, and realize that I was making key strategic decisions as I evolved as a as a person, and as a hotelier. Yeah. And was that, was your goal at that time to, I don't know, become a hotel general manager as an example? And all of these decisions that you were making were helping you get towards that goal? I think in my early part of my of my life and my career then yeah I wanted to be I wanted to be a GM and as as my life evolved and as my my career path evolved I, I just wanted to be I just wanted to be the best that I could be and to make those that are close to me proud of of what I do that all the long hours and the, the effort was was worth it and I just felt as if this was a, a bit of a vocation in life and I just wanted to do it to the best of my ability. Yeah. And to leave a little bit of a legacy as my as my career has evolved, you know, I'm very focused of 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 wanting to make sure that if there is not necessarily youngsters, but of course youngsters, but if there's other people that want to come into the industry and, and just have a positive impact on them and, and perhaps help guide them in in hospitality and give them opportunities that perhaps I didn't get and exposure to at the early part of my career yeah and that now that forms part of your personal strategy well i just get an awful lot of enjoyment from helping people that come into the industry that want to learn and i'm also very humbled that people see me as some you know somebody they maybe want to come and work with for a couple of years to to help better themselves and and it's a bit like you said at the start phil you know i'll give i'll give time to anyone if they if it's going to add value and and, and help them yeah absolutely Luca, I think you've got your hand up. Yes, um, just um, um, sorry. I just say it came in my mind actually something that uh, I think is a clear example of um, a decision that I took, um, uh, and it changed completely my life. And it was mainly coming by my instinct. So I I studied university uh, back when I was in Italy uh, to become a nurse. Okay, interesting. Yes, and I was actually quite quite good with that. However. Halfway through uh, my my journey at university, I I felt like that probably it wasn't the right decision because um, you need to be very strong with your uh, not with your personality, but of course you like to build a kind of like wall and to not feel you know uh, the the situation that you face every day that could be very challenging and of course like uh, to keep your emotion and your feeling like uh, for yourself. Otherwise, it's, you're not gonna probably do your job like uh, in a, in a nice way. So I decided, and I spoke with my dad, I said, you know, I was thinking for a few months and I can't, you know, I say, I know that I can't do this job anymore because I'm, I'm not able to do it. Uh, the pressure is too much. And I remember that suddenly at home, uh, there was a shaker. And um, sometimes I like to, I like to make to my, for my mom, like a, a shaken coffee cocktail with a little bit of sugar. But also at the same time, I like to, to stay with, uh, you know, surrounded by the people, interact with the people. And I say, you know, that. 
what do you think if I will probably start, I don't know, like the job as a bartender? Because, you know, I like creativity and I don't know, I just uh, feeling this one, this kind of like things since I was like uh, 16, 17, but I never considered as a something like as a serious, you know, career. Um, mm. And then my dad said, go for that. Just go for that. I mean, you have nothing to lose. You are uh, 20. So what, what are you going to lose? Just go for that. And uh, after uh, 16 years, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. But that, well, there's a, a case in point as well that, that where, how influential the external forces in inverted commas can play a part. You know, what if your dad at that point had turned around and said to you, don't be so stupid, Luca, you know, get back to university and complete your, your degree or whatever, then maybe your life takes on a different path. Who knows? Yeah. I think uh, I, I learned from both of them because... My parents are equally, my mom is very much strategic, almost like 90%. My dad is probably 80% uh, instinct. Right. Yeah. Uh, Debbie, uh, I've forgotten what the original question was now. Uh, what, were, <laughs> what were we talking about before? I think, I think we might have been talking about using our gut instinct successfully. That might be yeah, well, let's, let's go with that. Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I can give you a great example of that from my own experience, which was I, I'm a I'm a very logical person, so I spend a lot of time in my head um, around planning, and you know this this is the the sensible thing to do. I was always brought up to be a sensible person, yeah. uh, so when I decided to walk away from my corporate career eighteen months ago, that didn't feel very sensible to me. There were a kind of, um, I think I, I did a, a, a list of all the reasons why I shouldn't do it and all the reasons why I should do it. And I had about 20 reasons why I shouldn't do it and one reason why I should. And so on paper, it was, it was a crazy idea. But I just thought, no, my instinct is telling me that I need to make a change, a, a big change in direction and do something completely different. And, and so I did, which is why I then moved into coaching and change consultancy. And I haven't regretted it for a second. My, my gut absolutely knew that that was the right thing to do instinctively. It was the right time for me to make that change. And uh, I think if I'd stuck with my plan, it, you know, the logic side of things and, and gone with a strategic approach, I would have gone back into uh, or stayed in the corporate world and probably wouldn't have been very happy. And um, I'm quite old now. I'm in my 50s and I'm in my at that time in my life where I'm, I'm happiness is my major driver. So I'm, I'm incredibly glad I listened to my instincts. Uh, and and kind of overrode that logical part of my brain that was that was all kind of screaming no don't do it be strategic yeah. <laughs> so yeah that's really interesting because the, the I suppose the the basic concept around instinct is is that it's there to protect you based yeah. around everything that you have garnered and experienced so far in your life and in that situation it feels like it 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 drove you to take a risk it did it did it absolutely did and it Trust me, it didn't feel very comfortable. It, it really, yeah. really didn't. So there was a real battle going on, head head over heart kind of battle going on. But, you know, I'm a great believer in being true to yourself. And it, it, it took me a long time to, to be true to myself, you know, um, listening to, to Luca and Peter there talking about having that passion for, for a career and, and something that they've, they've always really loved and focused on. I, I didn't have that. My motivation was, was always how much money can I earn and how can I progress up up the, the career chain in whatever I was doing. And I always wanted to do it really well, but my motivation was around more material kind of success. Mm. So, so to kind of move away from all of that was, was a risk, but I, I'm so glad that I did. I finally you know, got a bit of courage in my old age and, and did something that's just giving me such joy now. So bless you. I, yeah and you're not old <laughs> get, get get past that straight away yeah i, I feel old yeah <laughs> that we all feel old on, on some days for sure no that's great I'm, I'm really conscious of time but really really fascinating discussion so far uh, you might recall that when i sent out the uh the questions i asked you all to think about what your instinct was like about doing this podcast just very quickly how did your instinct say it was going to go and how has it gone for you and Luca I'll come back to you 
Uh, I think it was the right decision uh, because uh, I just, uh, it's a topic that I never probably explore much in, in depth uh, about these things. Uh, and I was really intrigued by, by, by the question when I, when I received it. And it's, uh, it's, it's great. And uh, actually, yeah, it's, uh, it's getting even more interesting uh, to hear, especially from people, you know, uh, from different backgrounds, uh, still in the hospitality, but different, like, uh, part of the hospitality. And um, I, I can just take it as a, as opportunity to to learn uh, more uh, and and you know and probably even for the future to you know to listen more to to my gut when is the when is the right moment. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Peter. What was your instinct towards getting asked to do this, and and how was your lived experience of it? I think um, the instinct was you know you I was asked if I would be willing to do it, and I just said yes. I seen that as a I was humbled that that. That IOH felt as if I was suitable to discuss this subject. If I was really honest, I probably hadn't really absorbed what the the podcast subject matter was. I felt as if if you know if Robert had asked me to to do this, and he felt as if I was suitable, and he felt it was going to add value to the um, to the podcast series and to to the IOH, then I, I'd have done it anyway. Yeah, because it was a, the right thing to do. Yeah. Say yes and ask questions later. And that's kind of how I've, I've, built, I've built a lot of my career around that, Phil. You know, even if, if you're getting asked to do something by a client, you know, just say yes, no matter how difficult it is, and we'll, we'll figure it out. There's always a way. Yeah. And I've, really, I've really enjoyed being part of it. Excellent. Well, I'm glad to hear that. And Debbie, last, last words for you before we summarise. What was your instinct towards getting asked to do this versus how it went? I was really delighted to be asked to do it and I thought that it would be fun and it would be an opportunity to talk to some interesting people about an interesting topic. So I've been delighted to uh, take part in this. So thank you for asking me. Absolute pleasure. Well, thank you very, very much. I know we've left more stuff out there yet to be explored. Perhaps we'll have to come back and do a, a part two. Let's do a part uh, two. Yeah, but uh, I'd, I'd massively appreciate your time and opinion on this subject. I think it's uh, it's a really important subject, actually, and I don't think people consider it, uh, it very often, actually, in terms of uh, how they make decisions and, and the like. But uh, perhaps there's, uh, there's some learning. I mean, the, the big takeaways for me are, as Debbie said at the beginning, it's still important to set goals and have a plan, but you've got to be ready to, to deviate. Experience plays a huge part in forming how your instinct reacts. External forces can play a part too. The uh, the strategy you write in one moment is not necessarily the strategy that will work in, in five years' time, 10 years' time, however long. You've got to allow your teams to fail, which will help them become better at making better instinctive decisions. And as long as you're taking the learning from the mistakes, then everything is great. Thank you once again, guys. I'm going to let you get on your merry way and um, wish you a, a great day slash month slash year ahead. Thanks, Phil. Thank you. Thank you very much, Phil. Pleasure. Thank you very much, everyone. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. I'm in. Today's I'm episode in. of I'm In was brought to you by Cater.com and covered I'm instinct in. versus strategy with Luca Rapetti, AIH, Debbie Pugh, MIH, and Peter Walker, I'm FIH. Hosted by Phil Street, FIH. A huge shout out to the IOH's own Sonia Cresswell AIH for artwork and branding and Leon Williams MIH for our theme tune. To say I'm in and feature on a future episode, contact phil.street at instituteofhospitality.org. And to find out more about the Institute of Hospitality or to join our hospitality family, please click the links in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening and join us next time where we'll be discussing diversity and inclusion.